This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill, and this show may be just what you need, or you're going to learn something you had no idea about. I fall into that second group. So either way, our topic today is variable valve timing. So you might be able to increase the life of your engine after listening to this show, or you're just going to learn something about your vehicle that you didn't even know was a part of your vehicle. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So here's oh here's something. Before we get into our regular topic, I spent some time with the, the family in the mountains of Arkansas this weekend, and my sister, who has had two different vehicles get et up by critters, you know, somebody eating the cables from underside. She swears about um, peppermint essential oil, putting that around the outside of the vehicle. Do you think that would discourage animals from coming to the vehicle and eating through wires? Uh, I've never heard of it, but it might. You know, you can always try a lot of these uh myths that may help keep animals away but once again what they're trying to do they're going to get in the car they're going to build a nest and they're going to use the installation and they're going to all on it and i've always heard and this might be a myth as well is that when the animals the squirrels the rats get up in there that they get some type of little electrical charge from the wiring because they get down to the metal you know so well, she's had two different vehicles incapacitated, and my brother also. So, anyway, whatever works, whatever works. But today, we're going to talk about variable valve timing. So, tell me something. <laughs> well, you know, I thought about why I wanted to tell this and talk about this today is because variable valve timing, all of our vehicles are literally variable valve timing vehicles now and i hear a lot of the ford trucks you know they talk about the phasers making noise and really people don't really know what variable valve timing is if you went back to old school we had push rod uh type valve trains and then we went to overhead cam and that means the camshafts are on top of the engine okay so and then what we tried to do is that the manufacturers said, well, EPA wants more mileage and they want to cut down on the smog. And so what they did, they decided how to reduce the emissions coming out of that vehicle, but get more power with variable valve timing. And that has to do with the air intake and the exhaust leaving the cylinders, yeah, the trying, valves. Trying to get it out of the system. The more air you can get in the system, clean air, and quicker you can get the old air out, better that engine is going to run. So does your timing mysteriously change over the life of your vehicle? Well, let's talk about timing for a second. Okay. So timing is that the camshafts and the crankshaft or your pistons that are going up and down have to be in sequence. Okay. So there's a, there's a big process of how everything in that engine has to be in sequence in order for it to work. 
Okay, so what we do, either we retard timing, that means let the little timing change one way, or we advance it and it changes the other way, and that deals with the spark and all that as well. But what you're trying to do is that the valves open and close at a certain time, and when that intake valve opens, air, clean air goes in, it's ignited, well, what they're doing as that clean air comes in, they're leaving the exhaust valve open just a little bit. So when that clean air comes in, it pushes that exhaust out. And that's what they're trying to do. Get that exhaust out of that engine quicker. And all of this is controlled by the electronic control module? Well, electronic control module, your throttle uh, body valve, your throttle, throttle valve on the engine, uh, your PCM. So it has a lot of different electronic components to in order to make this work. And if it doesn't work, it could be a number of different things causing a problem? Yes, you're going to have uh, engine codes come up on that checking light will come up on the dash, and it could be as little as, as a solenoid not working, or maybe your throttle body's not working. There's going to be different things that that uh, control unit's going to pick up. So when you, is this part of your regular maintenance that they check the timing, or does the timing kind of stay the same unless something else is throwing it off? Well, that's another thing. You talk about timing of the engine. You're going to use a timing belt. You're going to use a timing chain. Some of them according to what they are. Uh, the engine is base timed when it starts. You, If you know anything about cars, it talks about base timing. That is how the engine is timed. And then it has to be retarded or advanced at when you get the engine ready to go. Okay. And then what happens, variable valve timing, change, it changes that timing to leave either the exhaust valve open longer or leave it closed longer, okay, and the intake valve open and closed longer because what you're trying to do, the longer you can leave it in there and quicker you can get it out, the better that engine is going to run once again. So it's just with camshafts, cam gears, they may even have uh, extra camshaft with other lobes on it. And i got a couple things here, you know, it, they use a solenoid in order to make sure that the camshaft uh, is moving. So they use a solenoid and oil. <laughs> this is one real, real important thing you got to remember about variable valve timing. The oil has to be clean. If the oil is not clean, the solenoids get stuck. Now the variable valve time is not working. So I was it. I think uh, I, Jay White, when I was out, you, you and Jay talked about engine modifications. Would you want to change your timing from however the it got to you from the the factory to something something your engine? Well, if you're going to modify an engine, you want it to uh, get more power. You would change the timing. But that is what this does. The variable valve timing changes it. Matter of fact, these engines, some of them will get as much as 9,000 9, RPMs. That's revolutions per minute of the engine. And you usually don't even run an engine that high. But a lot of these cars will go up to that uh, 9,000. Most of them is about 4,500 RPM driving down the highway. And that's when they open up. They don't open up when they're going slow down the road. So a lot of times you have problems with the variable valve timing system because Maybe you could just just drive it to church on Sunday or to the grocery store on Sunday, and that's all you drive your car. Well, you're not getting it up to 70, 80 miles an hour, and that's when it works. All right. 
We're, we're learning some stuff, folks. And that's what I love about MPB. And I love keeping my dial just set to MPB because sometimes it may be a topic you're very interested in. And sometimes it's something you've never heard of before, but you're learning. So, well, you know, I was thinking here, Liz, um, Honda, many, many years ago, Honda came out with this engine called VTEC. Okay. That was the first variable valve timing engine. Okay. And it was such a rave. Everybody loved that Honda because what happens, it would get more power. And that's another thing with variable valve timing. You're getting more power out of that car with a smaller engine. Do you sacrifice anything to get more power? Mm, not really, unless it's out of your pocketbook. It should cost me a little bit more money for the car, you know. But we're not only talking about uh, variable valve timing. We are taking your repair questions Email our show, auto at mpbonline.org. So uh, when you change the timing, it could it be because do you, do you actually change the timing or you change something else and that changes the timing? Well, the computer, no longer do you change the timing. The computer changes the timing now. You have nothing to do with the timing. It is set in the computer by factory and whatever the OEMM says it is. And it changes according to how many RPMs that engine is going. And then it'll retard or advance that engine. So, and also this, you know, we've been talking about this for 15 minutes. So this is probably a stupid question, but the VVT, variable valve timing, that's a system. I can't go point at my variable valve timer. Yeah, that is a system made into the vehicle itself. And as it works, it changes the whole dynamics of how you drive. And like say, if you just went out and bought a new car and nobody told you it had variable valve timing, you'd never know. All right. Now, let's throw in electric cars. Do they, they, if you have an electric car, does that have? It does not have variable valve timing because it has no valves. It's electric motors on the... uh, uh, wheels, uh, you know, I was thinking um, something about electric motors themselves as you're talking about an EV is that I don't know why they don't put a, a big electric motor in the front of it or somewhere and have shafts coming out of it. But what most uh, EVs are are different uh, motors on every wheel. You know, oh, so okay. That's a little different as well. All right. So it if can you take a older car and do older cars don't have this system? Most older cars were, um, and I'm going to have to say older, 80 and back because uh, all the new cars started. A lot of these companies started this in 90. If you think about Northstar, it was a Cadillac. Okay. And what Northstar did, you'd start out at an eight cylinder and it could reduce all the way down to a four cylinder. It would cut out the cylinders. And a lot of vehicles, that's what, another thing about uh, valve timing as well, that they can use less cylinders to get the same amount of power. Okay. And you couldn't do that on pushrod engines. And the thing is, with pushrod engines, those are the older schools, it would not be feasible to even try this part because you can't do it. Well, I'm having fun today, folks, and I hope you're having fun today, and I hope you'll join us. If you've got a question, send us your emails. That address is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about VVT. (laughs) Is your car (laughs) under recall? I'll tell you some of the latest. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. 
I'm Liz Gill. Now, remember, if you want even more autocorrect, you can find our podcasts on all podcast platforms for your smart device. And then also, autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio, Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So here are some recent recalls. Owners of model year 0809 Kia Sportage may need to park their SUVs outside again, thanks to a new recall over fire risk. And nearly every Jeep Wrangler Unlimited for XE PHEV, what's what's PHEV, Coach? Plug-in. Plug-in, okay, is being recalled for an overheating battery pack. Well, that's not good. You can find both of these, the fire risks and the batteries. God, God bless them. <laughs> it's just em. not good. God bless them. Uh, you can find out, but I guess in any emerging technology, you know, there's fire risk at the beginning well they always say never buy the first model that came out yeah 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 and i think these uh unlimited 4xc phevs are are brand new right you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the national highway traffic safety administration's website nitsa nhtsa.gov slash recall just put in that vin or find their safer car app so today we're talking about VVT, but we're also taking your repair questions. They can come to our email address, auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Horn Lake and talk with David. David, thanks so much for calling AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? I got a 90 model Chevrolet pickup truck with a 350 motor in it, and uh, the heater don't work. I replaced the thermostat, and uh, the blower motor's blowing, at, blowing the fan motor, blower motor working fine, and the uh, the defrost and the uh, heater air direction flow flappers are working fine, but I don't have any heat. What's my problem? Okay, so on a 90 model, like anything else, if you replace the thermostat, and that probably had a 180 to a 212 uh, degree thermostat in there, okay, the first thing what I would do is the heater core itself coming off the engine, going the hose going into the heater core and coming out, it has a valve sitting right on top of it. A lot of times that valve goes bad. Either it runs off vacuum or it runs off electric. And I think now that... that one, but what you say is a valve? There's a valve oh. right there on that hose going to the heater core. Okay, dokie. So you think that valve's bad? Yeah, if it runs off a vacuum and uh, what you could do, there's a little lever on there. You could go back there and a lot of people have done this. Is just open that lever and it will let coolant flow through that heater core. Now, if that valve is not bad, you need to flush that heater core out. And how you do that, you disconnect that hose right there from the engine and disconnect it where it comes out of the heater core and Mm -hmm. flush uh, that system out. Okay. And that should do it for you. I'd like to make one comment about the valve timing. Yes, sir. I owned an 80-something model Toyota, but so long I forgot, and I did not change the timing belt on it. The timing belt broke. And it bent the valves. Yeah, we were going to talk I, about that. <laughs> there's something, I think it's an interference or non-interference motor. Right, there's two oh, different what? types. Okay, I, okay, thank you. I'll, I'll wait for your comment. Okay, thank you. Thank As you're talking about the interference and non-interference engine, that was another thing we were going to get into about the time and belt and time and chain. Some people say, well, I need a time and chain. Some people like time and belts. Well, 
preferably on like a time and chain because it doesn't break. It doesn't do what you're fixed, what you just said. On a lot of engines today, you have an interference engine and the timing belt will break. And when it breaks, it messes up the head, it messes up the valve train, it messes up the cylinder. You might as well just go get a new engine because that's what it's going to do. Because a lot of people don't understand once it breaks, it, and there are telltale signs of when that uh, timing belt's going to break. It's going to either make a loud noises, uh, you know, you can start hearing things clattering. But now, I will tell you right now, timing chain, I mean, timing belts, uh, most manufacturers have 100,000 miles on their timing belt. You know, 100,000 to maybe 110,000 miles. They used to be 60,000 mile replacement. Now they're up to 100,000 because they're made out of a different type of material. And so you do make sure that you get that time about changed at the proper interval. Do Can you replace a timing belt with a chain? No. Oh. You have to uh, keep the belt. because So it's like Android and iPhones. And if you have one, you Okay. Yeah, but you got to be very careful. And, you know, it would be good for you to check and see if um, if that was a interference or non-interference. And what we're talking about when he says non-interference, that means if the chain broke or if it had a belt on it and it broke, you still turn the engine. If it's interference and the chain or belt broke, you cannot turn that engine because you're probably already destroyed it. Oh, oh, yikes. And that's why it's important to get your belts and hoses checked when you go in for maintenance right the timing belt is internal and you, oh. can't, you can't see it oh okay so it's internal so uh you just need to do the maintenance on the vehicle and the thing is maintenance and we're going to talk about that a little bit maintenance is very very important especially on these newer vehicles okay thank you so much david um before we get to that uh talk about maintenance let's go back with uh this email this is from bill from beautiful fairhope alabama now david was talking about how you know they changed something and it didn't work i i guess i feel bad when people keep trying keep changing out things and then they still have the problem when you do mechanics ideally before they replace a part, do they test that part to see if that part is broken or not? Or they, they do need to test the part. A lot of times with experience comes what is maybe what's wrong with the vehicle 90% of the time. But there are times that it's just not following in the book. So you have to sometimes you have to uh, try things, you know, because like even on this email, as he talked about the wheel speed sensors uh, not working, talking about the uh, yeah. Going speed. Yeah, but, Bill, yeah, Bill had said he's gone to two different uh, reputable mechanics and between them, they've replaced wheel speed sensors, wire har- harness, uh, ABS electronic control module and the engine control module but he still has this code that comes up and uh some warning lights come on well as he said the three cluster lights come on and it's probably the traction control the abs light and probably a brake light uh they all come on and what is happening there is that the abs first of all it is a it reads how fast the wheels are turning and uh manufacturer here to help you here is that the safety issue on this is something that the manufacturer built into the car 
It only works when you slam your brakes because what it's doing is trying to keep you from skidding once you go straight. But if everyday driving, you're not using the ABS. ABS is not even on. It's on the car, but you're not using it until you slam on those brakes. Okay, so that's the safety aspect of it. So you're okay to drive the car. The other thing is the wheel speed sensors. You said you went back and got an OEM. That's original equipment uh, manufactured part, and that's good. Okay, now... You, according to this car, has four ABS sensors on it. It may have three ABS sensors on it, two on the uh, front, four, and then two on the back, or may even have one on the drive shaft. Just have to sort of research where those ABS uh, sensors may be. And as you're saying that it just keeps coming on, if it keeps coming on, I would go ahead and check. Like I say, there's not where you put a module in it. Just uh, I would go ahead and check the module and see if it's reading correctly and then go from there. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, the the ABS you don't want your ABS on because then if it's on, you're 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 in a dire situation. Right, and Liz, what ABS is really uh, in old school? We were taught to pump the brakes when uh, in snow and slick situations. Well, this is the same thing that ABS does. When you step on the brake hard, you can feel it pulsating your foot, pulsating in the brake pedal, and what it's doing, it's either taking off pressure. Or putting on pressure on the brakes. All right. Well, Will, I hope that helps. So, so what does he need to? Well, the first thing I do, I would go ahead and make sure that the um, module it has a ABS module in there, and that module may be reading incorrectly. Okay. And I see that he says that they're going to put sensors on uh, the other wheels, but I would check that module and make sure that module is reading correctly. All right. Okay, let's go to Bill in Neshoba County. Bill, we're glad that you've called in to autocorrect today. What's your comment or question for Coach? Well, I have a question about uh, uh, my Nissan Frontier truck. Uh, it's, uh, uh, in order to start it, I have to push the clutch in, and uh, then I can uh, turn the key in and it'll start. And it seems to me like the... Uh, clutch to st- to have it do what it's supposed to do is getting closer and closer to uh, being on the floor. And I, you know, am I just uh, hallucinating this, or is it uh, you know is it does it matter if it's four inches from the floor or twelve inches from the floor? Okay, the first thing about is you say that you um, can push it hard to the floor and it'll turn over, right? But you yeah. got to push it hard to the floor. What that has? Well, in the, not all the way to the floor. It's you know, it's a couple inches. Right. Does it have a bypass on there? Uh, I don't have any idea. Okay, let me explain to you what the bypass is. It, it may have a switch on there, and what you do, you can push that button, and it would let you bypass pushing the clutch in. And it was a safety feature that they put on a lot of vehicles, uh, and the reason they put that on there, it's a switch on the clutch pedal itself that keeps you from cranking the vehicle up or a kid getting there cranking the vehicle up uh, uh, so they don't have an accident. But if it does have a bypass on it, because it sounds like just the switch itself is going bad and it's on the clutch pedal itself, there's a little button on that clutch pedal with a switch, and that's what it sounds like is going bad. Okay. Uh, it really don't have anything to do with the clutch itself. It has just to do with the pedal. So... Uh, is it going to be on the side of the 
It's going to be a bit the very. It's going to be at the very bottom of the clutch uh, pedal when you you'd have to get it on the dash probably to see it. Yeah, I uh, I got my hand on the clutch pedal right now, and there's nothing there but the pedal. All the way down uh, towards the firewall on the inside. Because uh, there should be a where switch. you put your foot or where it attaches up under the dash. Where you put your foot all the way where it attaches on the dash. There should be a uh, some type of switch on there uh, because, like you say, you get you're able to push the clutch in and then it starts. They they all have a switch on it. Okay, this is uh, uh, an old truck. It's about it's twenty years old. I think it's. Well, it should still it should still have a switch on it because, like I say, if you can't crank it up without pushing the clutch, it has a switch on it. What is a switch? feel like what does it look like well it's really like a brake light switch <laughs> if you it's just a switch with several wires on it and a little button sticking out the front of it and it has to it may be on a bracket underneath the uh clutch pedal and the clutch pedal is just resting against against it it's not on the pedal itself it's going to be part of the frame coming down by the pedal and it should be a switch up there that moves back the switch is stationary and the pedal either pushes down on it Okay. Uh, yeah, I think there uh, is something like that. It looks like there's a, a little piece of metal on the clutch, uh, not the pedal, but the, the bar that connects to the uh, car, and then that will touch the... Right. Uh, It'll yeah. touch the pedal. Yeah. And if you push that in with your finger, if you push that little yeah. button in with your finger, you can crank that vehicle right up. Okay. Now, I will tell you, and this is not the right way to do it, but I will tell you how to bypass it. Just put you a uh, piece of wire between the two terminals, unplug it, put a piece of wire between the two wiring harness, and hit a crank up every time for you. You'd never okay. have a problem. So I'm, and so I'm, I'm just basically uh, tying it down so it will always be on. Right. You know, the switch is not working until you turn the key, regardless, but it's just bypassing the switch. Uh-huh. And it's very, okay. it's not no, it's not a safety hazard or nothing, no. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll give it a try. Okay. Thank you so much for calling. Thanks, Will. Okay. Our email where you can get coach's advice, not the advice of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, but coach's advice is auto at mpbonline.org. Today we're talking about the variable valve timing system but that's just between your car repair questions what's in the news i'm going to tell you next thank you for listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio coach charlie melton retired instructor from clinton's high school automotive technology program is our expert host i'm liz gill man i hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone the mpb public media app when i was uh, this past weekend visiting some family in arkansas not the part of arkansas that is in our coverage area i was able to listen and um listen to our show while i was driving on the the app and if i were so inclined you can make your contribution i can make contributions uh to mississippi public broadcasting from the app Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So 
it's funny when you when your hometown makes the national news, and this was not for a good thing. The community where my family lives, this guy in Arkansas played in a golf tournament, and they offered a 2022 Ford F-150 4x4 Super Crew as the prize for the first person to hit a hole-in-one on the course's 10th hole. The only trouble was neither the tournament organizers or the Ford dealership got insurance to pay for the prize if someone actually won, which I understand is common procedure. And neither of the organizations wanted to give the golfer the truck, which was sitting right next to the hole where he sunk his ball. He's, they even have a picture of him because he's got his ball and he's standing next to the truck and he's very happy. But now he's not happy because they won't give him the truck. Somebody needs to man up and give him that truck. That's true. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about variable valve timing, but that's just between your questions. You remember, can email us auto at mpbonline.org. All right, let's go to DeSoto County and talk with Bruno. Bruno, what's going on? Give us your comment or hey, question. I, yeah, no, I have a question for the coach there. Uh, I, I got a 2002 uh, Dodge Ram. I'm actually driving in it right now uh, on the back row while I speak to you. Um, the lamp out uh, dash light, which is right underneath the uh, odometer, it, 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 it's been popping on a lot, and it makes that annoying ding. And it, I'm looking at it right now and saying lamp out. It's not dinging right now. But the thing is, I took it down to the corner by my mechanic friend, and we looked at every one of my lamps. Turn signals, headlight, high beam, low beam, backup light, you name it. Hazard, everything. I don't have no lamp out. Um, he, he didn't know what to do because he put the tester on the, on the diagnostic thing. It didn't show anything. How in the world do I get this to stop, and why in the world is it, is it happening if you have any without seeing it? I wonder if you have any ideas for me. Yeah, I think what's happening, maybe one of those filaments in that light, in the lighting system, uh, you know, the backlights are two filaments uh, for the, each lamp and then maybe a park light. What I would do, because it don't come on all the time, right? Correct. Okay. What's happening, you may be hitting a bump or something, and one of those filaments are going out. And because I've seen that many times where the light would come right back on because the filament was just fairly shaking and it wasn't broke completely. Uh, it was broke, but it was so close enough that it could make a connection. And that's what I would right. do. I would pull the light bulbs out, look at each individual light bulb itself, even though they're working right now, but pull them out, look at them, and see, shake them, and see if they're loose. Because I've seen that many times. Okay. So uh, it's not a, in other words, you're saying it's really not a big, big deal. It's just a nuisance, if nothing else. Yeah, it's just a nuisance. That light is going to come on because it's making, it's, it's disconnecting somewhere in that light bulb. So right there where those filaments come across, it could be the bright light. It could be the tail light. Could be one of those parking lights up front. So you need to make sure that one of those filaments are not broke because if it's broken, it's going to uh, make sure that it knows that there's no a light out. So that's something my mechanic, uh, Friend, he, I can explain that to him. He'd know how to. Oh yeah, just tell him. Look, just just tell him that there may be a filament broke, and it's close enough that it can make a connection uh, and disc and uh, move after when you hit a bump or something. Gotcha, gotcha. Because you know, it's funny. I've got the engine check engine light been on 
for like five years. But I'll tell you what that is. When I got rid of the uh, factory gas can, can right. put in a locking one because there was people going around stealing gas. You know, right. so I thought whenever I changed it out from the factory one, it, it caused the uh, check engine light to come on, which is kind of deceptive. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, they just—you uh, just got to be careful anyway uh, when that check engine light on. Just because it says that is that, you know, it's that it could be something else as well later down the road because it's not going to go off and come back on. It's going to stay on, so you might want to just have it checked every now and then. Well, I'll do that, and I appreciate your time, man. I enjoy the I enjoy the show. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Bruno. Let's go to Dave in Tennessee. Oh, we love our uh, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Louisiana listeners. Dave, what's going on? What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Good morning. Uh, yeah, I've got a 2005 Chevrolet Express van, which is a full-size van, and I've got an ABS light that came on, and I can't get a code out of it. And I just backed out of the driveway, put the brake on, and the light popped on. It's been on ever since. Now, I've checked it with two different code readers, and it's not throwing a code. And I wonder what would cause it to do that. Is there any way to check it short of just taking it to the dealer and having them put it on a computer? Because, you know, I'm I'm an old gray head that works on cars since I was a kid, and there should be a way to check it, I would think. But when you get into computers, us shade trees are having trouble. Were you were you able to get to the uh, ABS module on that scan tool? I, no, just directly at the plug-in under the dash. Okay, well, what I'm saying, did your scan tool have an ABS monitor on there? It did. I specifically bought one for that because it says whenever, you know, you're on the package that it will read, you know, uh, the ABS codes, and it did not. It didn't show any codes for ABS, but the scanner specifically said it will read codes for ABS lights. Okay, what I would do on that one, uh, Dave, I would uh, make sure that the ABS itself, the wiring harness where the ABS hooks up, uh, you have wiring harness coming off the engine, well, not off the engine, off the rail of the vehicle, and then the ABS hooks into it. You might want to just check them, make sure those connectors are tight or something hasn't rubbed one of those wires. Uh, I would do that first. And then I'd make sure that that monitor's reading ABS because, you know, I hate to tell you a lot of uh, scan tools are deceptive. They tell you that they will read and they don't read. Right. So, well, you know, it's about 400 bucks, so it wasn't like a $29 tool, you know, which I thought that should be a good enough quality you would think would read that. But I understand what you're saying. It should read it, but like I say, if it has, uh, can you go into the ABS monitoring at first? Because a lot of times, do a full scan, take your computer, do a full scan on the entire, all the monitors in the vehicle. Did you do that? I did, and it, it, it shows you you can go step by step and click it off. You know, it'll check each system if for any codes or anything. And I went through that, and it had zero codes. So well, that's, it specifically said, ABS, you know, and then you no codes and you click down to the next system, you know. What I would do now then, I would go ahead and clear that code out of that vehicle. Just clear the code because it could be a false code on you. Well, now that, that's the question. How do you clear it if it doesn't have a, it's well, not given it. It'll be on it, the, it, it'll just go in there, even though the code may not be up, just go in there where it says clear all codes because it, right. it's, it's showing somewhere in that engine. I mean, in that vehicle uh, computer system. And it will clear that code out for you. 
right? Well, I did that. I cleared all codes, and it still didn't clear it. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying there. I tried to clear the codes, even though it didn't give a code, and it's still there. Nothing changed it, you know? Okay, let's do a real simple thing. Just go to your brake uh, cylinder, your master cylinder, and make sure it's full of brake fluid. Did that, too. You did that, too. Okay, well... Yeah. Like I would do then, if I if I did all that, I'd go ahead and check that wiring to those ABS uh, speed sensors and check those and make sure that there nothing, there's not a nick or anything in it, and it grounded out on the frame of the vehicle. Yep. All right. Well, I'll try that. I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. Enjoy your show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. We're glad you've called in. We are discussing. Um, VVT, Variable Valve Timing, and we're taking your repair questions. You can send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up, and I'm kind of sad. Nobody follows me on Twitter. Nobody nobody looks at my tweets because the the picture for the show will be a Ford Lightning because that's what Casey is reviewing. And I said, but we're talking about VVT and what does that not have to do with the, the Lightning? Because we just mentioned that's electric right. cars don't have that timing. And I said, I'd give a free T-shirt to anybody who said that, but nobody follows me on Twitter. So, oh, I guess I should mention who my Twitter is. But I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I'll look and tell you when we come back. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. When we look back, this will be the EV that changed everything. It's the 2022 Ford F-150 Lightning. You know, there's some minor styling flourishes on the outside to let you know it's electric. But the big thing you'll notice is the big front comes sitting in. You, got, you finally have a place to put your golf bags, your shopping bags, your laundry, whatever you want in here. The inside, you've got a nice big tablet-style touchscreen. It's got navigation and all that. But that also helps you find charging stations along the way. Underneath the body, you've got the battery pack, electric motors, all-wheel drive, and a lot of power. 580 horsepower, 775 pound-feet of torque, and you can tow up to 10,000 pounds. But you're not going to go full 320 miles range as this thing can and tow that much. Let's talk about performance, 0 to 60 in 4 seconds. And you can recharge from 15 to 80% in 41 minutes. Price, it's going to be expensive. It starts at $40,000. This one has equipped $88,619. This is AutoCorrect. Hey, if you've missed any of our program, you can still listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. And hey, stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. on Thursdays at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Melton's ASE Certified Master Technician. I didn't ask you beforehand, but it's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. What have you got for us? Well, the Tip of the Week this uh, week, Liz, is going to be going along with the VVT. Changing your oil is so important for variable valve timing engines. Like I say, if the oil's dirty, you're going to have problems. So just make sure you change that oil at the right intervals. Among the hundreds of reasons you should keep your oil yes. good. Okay, let's go to the phones and talk to AJ from Yazoo City. AJ, what's your comment or question for Coach today? Hello, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I got a question about a 93 uh, Ford Mustang 5.0. Yes, sir. I was 
I was just cruising one day about 45 miles an hour, and I decided to. I was getting on the intersection, so I was yielding. So I just stopped back from fifth gear to fourth gear, and I went to fourth gear. So I'm asked on the accelerator, and I felt the slip, and I felt the clutch burn. But I haven't smelled the burn anymore, but I feel for a little bit of slipping every now and again. What is that? Okay, first of all, that's a hydraulic clutch, okay, and there's no adjustment on that clutch. That means that you can't adjust the clutch or the clutch cable, okay? But being hydraulic, when the clutch goes out, it goes out, okay? And that slip you felt when the RPMs went up, you could feel the clutch itself slipping. So what you need to do there, most likely, check your fluid level in your little clutch uh, master cylinder on the firewall. It'd be right beside the uh master cylinder for the brake master cylinder you'll see a, a clutch master cylinder make sure it's full okay now and make and if it's not full that means that either you have a leak in that clutch master cylinder or the clutch itself needs to be replaced yeah i looked for that little master cylinder i didn't see it didn't see it on there okay did you see a little thing where the has a clear container that goes down uh another clear container on there at all next to the uh, master brake master cylinder I looked all by the master cylinder, and I didn't see anything unless I just overlooked it, but I, I'm yeah, it, looking pretty good. It's pretty low. It's not up, It's not even where you can see it. It's pretty low. you know. But anyway, okay. I would okay. check that and make sure that that one is hydraulic. I'm thinking that's hydraulic, but you could see if it is manual. How far does your clutch go down before you feel pressure on it? Well, the way it is now, uh, when I'm taking off in person, I'm almost... Almost all the way off the clutch. Yeah, and that means that either you don't have no free travel at all in that clutch pedal, and if it's hydraulic, that clutch has to be replaced. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah, and you don't want to hear that. That costs you a little bit of money unless you're going to do it yourself. Yeah, I know, and it's a high-performance transmission. Oh, yeah. So, oh, man, I appreciate it. <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks, AJ. Sorry. Couldn't you have given him better news? I don't know, that the clutch fairy would come and fix it or something. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, we have an email let's get to really quick. This is from Larry. He has a Ford Explorer, a 12, that keeps giving the charging system warning. He's had the charging system checked at the local auto AutoZone and O'Reilly's, and it passed the test. They took the battery out and had it checked. It passed the test, put the battery back in the vehicle. It started up and disconnected the positive coast post from the battery. The vehicle continued to run with the AC blasting, radio on, lights on, and emergency flashers flashing. Please advise of any possible solutions for this charging system warning. Okay, I, I get this a lot. What what happens here is that the computer is reading the battery voltage uh, as the charging system. The computer has a parameter that is different than the auto parts store. Okay, I hate to tell you that. That most people say that the alternator is good when it's between 13, 13 and a half uh, charging, but really it's not good when it's at 13. Because what's happening, as it charges, even though the computer says, yeah, your battery's still good or it's charging still good from the auto parts, the computer says, the automobile computer says, oh, you're not really giving me the exact voltage I need. So what I would do is get somebody put a good scan tool on it not uh, or a multimeter, put um, probably a multimeter on there, and check and see what the voltage is coming out of the alternator. And I'm going to give you a, another uh a little bit of advice here. 
do not take your positive cable off of that vehicle while it's running. Because if it does have computers in it, you connect them back up, it sends a surge to those computers, and you will destroy it. Uh, a couple of those computers, I've done that a couple times. So you want to be careful. All right. Thank you very much. Let's go back to our, our, our VVT. We've talked about that whole system needs maintenance. You mentioned make sure you keep your oil fresh and, and changed. What other kind of maintenance helps with that? Well, the main thing is just make sure you check those timing belts uh, and timing change. You hear any noise. You know, these here, uh, Ford was bad about this. You could hear the phasers, and that's a part of a VVT system as well. The phasers themselves, instead of the camshafts changing a little bit, they use gears to change it. Okay, and those gears turn just a little bit. They're spring-loaded, and those gears turn a little bit. If you hear any sign of noise, you need to have those checked. And... The bad thing about those, when you have those checked, uh, it's usually too late. When you start hearing noise on them, uh, you'll see a lot of Ford pickup trucks out there making that noise. So you want to be careful. So it's always important to know how your vehicle performs regularly, how it sounds regularly. You know, Liz, I think the whole thing is I think that our whole consumers need to know what their vehicles do when they're driving it so they can tell the mechanic or whatever how it sounds and does yes take care of your vehicle folks right now listen to your vehicle what's it telling you listen to it oh another great hour thanks for being with us for autocorrect thanks to our crew jay white and our intern charles arnold for coach charlie melton master technician i'm liz gill we really appreciate you listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the mpb public radio app to listen on your iphone or android phone on demand